All right, welcome everybody. Today is Wednesday. No, no, no. Today's Tuesday. Oh boy. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Today is March 14th. It's a Tuesday. I was all queued up for Worldwide Wednesday. Yikes. Welcome to episode number 322 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Lozier. And every single day, whether it's Tuesday or Wednesday, me, Andrew Nakamura, Tom Bishop, Jenny Housley, Terrence Billingsley, William Welch, Cyber Munchkin, and so many others, including you, of the Simply Cyber community, are going to be shredding the top cyber news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my opinion and analysis. Some might argue it's an expert opinion on those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, how you can operationalize it at work this week or next week or in kind of the macro level strategic picture. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, not only do we have an inclusive community that's going to celebrate your wins along the way, but you're going to hear a lot of terminology, learn a lot of concepts, and really get that stickiness between the lectures and the labs that tie it all together. We're basically middleware up in here, people. Now, before we get into the show, I do want to spend a minute saying what's up to the uh, the stream's sponsors, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Thank you, Eric Taylor and the gang. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at BarricadeCyber.com. Links in the description below. If you go to Barricade Cyber, they got this beautiful blue and orange themed website. You scroll down. Here's the real hidden gem, okay? This right here is Eric Taylor's calendar. And it's what I would consider the most valuable thing on this whole website. And I do love Eric and this whole website. But this right here is direct access to Eric himself, his calendar, you can get on it, you can get 30 minutes of his time, and you can discuss what your business is and how Barricade Cyber might save you guys a boatload of money and time and headache and sleep by working together. <clears throat> also want to say shout out and much love to Panopsi for sponsoring the stream. Hey Panopsi, Brandon Poole's company out of the great state of South Carolina. Guys, if you run an InfoSec program or work somewhere and you guys are just flying by the seat of your pants and you have no freaking clue what you're doing as far as like roadmap, strategic direction, where you're investing your dollars, and you want to understand, to be able to make a compelling evidence-based argument to the leadership about why you need X amount of money and also feel good about the work you're doing, consider Panopsi's quantified risk assessment methodology. They can come in. I don't know. Brandon hasn't told me the times. It depends on the size of the business, but like three months, come in, quantified assessment, talk to your business, bing, bang, boom, out pops a, um, a quantified uh, strategic roadmap, essentially, of where you could spend, you know, basically maximize your return on investment, which CFOs love that terminology. If you invest X amount of money, you're going to get percentage points of risk reduction. This is supported by the evidence. Holla, holla, holla. Consider panopsi for your quantified risk assessment also want to say love to xm cyber but we're going to talk a little bit about them more on in the show now i thought it was worldwide wednesday which is my mistake it's tidbits tuesday so stay tuned to the uh middle of the uh show at the mid-roll where i'll share a little uh personal tidbit about me we'll have some good times but you're here for the news i want to say every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, because it is basically an informed threat briefing, is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat. Let people know you're here. If you're on replay, say what's up in replay. If you are live, love it. Thanks so much for being here. Our uh, team re our, our team live community is strong. This is the first time in a long time we've done an 8 a.m. Tuesday show. So I know it's throwing people off a little bit. It even threw me off, honestly. Uh, but hopefully the rest of the Simply Cyber community will catch up with us on Team Hybrid. So if you're live, hashtag Team Live. If you're watching on replay, hashtag Team Replay in the comments. Do love engaging with you guys on the comments. If you're Team Hybrid, which means you started late and you did double time to catch up to us, welcome to the now, my friend. Hashtag Team Hybrid. And then my personal favorite, hashtag Passive Observer. This is an ongoing initiative. If you are lurking in the background, if you are reluctant to say hello, if you see all this chat going by and you're like, 
Oh my god, it seems so easy. LegoSec makes it look easy. CyberSecJS makes it look easy. It can be that easy. Just say hashtag passive observer. It's the only thing you have to say. Identify yourself and let the Simply Cyber community wrap you in a virtual hug, my friend, because there's no reason for you to feel intimidated, imposter syndrome, uh, awkward, feel like you got nothing to deliver from a value perspective to the uh, audience. Whatever it is that's holding you back, Hashtag passive observer. Be part of this situation. The networking is incredibly valuable and it's super easy once you start it. All right, guys. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. Again, CISO series didn't add one. I had to listen to it on double X because they didn't um, post the blog post today. So I had to do it myself, but we're okay. We're cool with that. So sit back, relax. James Udokudo, Haircut Fish, Peter Lee, Tammy's Shelvin J. What's up, Tammy Shelvin J, Passive Observer? Good to see you. Thanks for taking that first step. Hey, Alexandra. First step. Love it, love it, love it. Little love for our Passive Observer crowd. Sit back, relax, let the awesome waves... No, no, no. Let the awesome news wash over you in an awesome wave. I'll work on that. We'll see you guys at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. North Korea targets security researchers. Mandiant reports it spotted the North Korea-linked threat actor UNC-2970 operating a phishing campaign since June 2022. The campaign uses three new malware families, specifically focusing on security researchers. It used job recruitment-based lures in a spear phishing approach. These lures impersonated legitimate recruiters and eventually shifted conversations to WhatsApp, where it would deliver malicious Word docs to install a backdoor. UK launches national... Okay, couple things here. One, North Korea. Um, they've been... Do they've been so North Korea has been t doing this for a little while. They're targeting job seekers. North Korea has also been getting jobs um, like in the IT space. Uh, there's a Darknet Diaries episode about it that's actually um, not actually quite interesting. They're all very interesting, but it's 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 quite interesting. Um, terribly awkward in the interview process. The North Koreans were uh, so they didn't get the job. But for the Simply Cyber community audience, let's let's focus on this for a second. This story is about four days old from when it was published. Campaign uses crafted LinkedIn accounts. Okay, guys. Two key things. One, they're targeting security researchers, but that doesn't mean exclusively targeting security researchers. They could be targeting anybody. They are a, while they do go big game hunting for uh, financial, um, I think that they would really target anyone. So if you are approached on LinkedIn DMs and it's they say they're a cyber recruiter, they, they're going to look like a cyber recruiter. It could be like Joe Hudson with two Ds. I love Joe Hudson, super friend of uh, the Simply Cyber community and a friend of mine. If, if you haven't connected with Joe Hudson, definitely take a second and connect with him. But they're looking like real people and then they're starting conversations and they're targeting people, frankly, who are a little bit vulnerable. Um, now, two key things. One, that probably the most important one, is that they are moving the conversation to WhatsApp and don't think, okay, so if it's WhatsApp, bad. If it's not WhatsApp, if it's not WhatsApp, it's good. Remember, any messaging app, right? So maybe they move it to Signal. Maybe they move it to Telegram. It doesn't matter. If someone's trying to move you off platform, off of um, LinkedIn, that's kind of an indicator. I mean, they could do it delivered via email. It says email right here. Uh, it's possible that the email gateway would stop malicious Word documents from getting sent through. But uh, the key thing is here that they're trying to send it through. There's no reason. I have people send me documents through LinkedIn Messenger all the time. So there's no reason for North Korea to move it off platform unless it's just how they like to do it. Uh, unfortunately, it sucks, everybody. Um, it's an extra level of effort. And, you know, I think that the criminals are hoping that you don't want to do that extra level of effort. So... For example, if I get messaged a document in LinkedIn, uh, I typically don't open it. If I'm really compelled to open it for a reason, I might do some research on the person who sent it, right? How old is their account? Who they engage with? Like if Kimberly McKnight sends me a document, I open it. I don't even think twice about it. Okay. But if, you know, 
Tommy, you know, Tommy Pines sends me a document and I don't, I've never met Tommy. I've never seen Tommy engage in the community. Nothing like that. My, my antenna's up. So yours should be too. Um, and then if you really need to open it, and again, this is a pain in the butt, but open it in a sandbox, right? If it's not supposed to be sensitive, drop it in a public sandbox detonation chamber like any dot run or integer, okay? If it could be sensitive, hey, here's a job offer, hey, here's a payroll, like whatever, then detonate it in a controlled VM that you control and have set up. And if you don't know how to do that, just don't open the document, you know, say, hey, I, you know, I don't know. Um, but it, it's just hard because obviously they're, they're targeting vulnerable people. Right now, the tech industry is hemorrhaging uh, people. The collapse of the um, Silicon Valley Bank mostly affected um, tech investors and tech startup companies, which is going to have a cascading impact across other institutions. Um, not that I think, you know, we're, we need to shut down the grid and, and like go live like it's the last of us all of a sudden it, it's not that bad but just there's a lot of people losing their job and there's a lot of victims out there so tldr there's an uptick in activity let um your people know in your community um about this and to be on the lookout detective security authority the uk announced the new body as part of its mi5 domestic intelligence service as a successor to its center for the protection of national infrastructure the NPSA will specifically work with UK organizations, informing them of state-sponsored attempts at stealing sensitive research and information. In announcing the new organization, the UK government specifically cited emerging geopolitical threats from Russia's Ukraine invasion and China's economic coercion. The NPSA will work with the National Cybersecurity Center to provide training, tooling, and guidance. Bank okay, um, this is kind of cool. Hey, if my UK people... Um... Any thoughts on this, UK people? Uh, the only thing I can think of is, and I've said it on the show before, I don't think that this is like a hot take or anything. And I, 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 if I needed to, I could find attributable evidence to support this claim. So this isn't tinfoil hat, hot take speculation, Jerry. But some countries, namely China, has been really stealing a lot of intellectual property over the last 10 years. Uh, China has been moving towards like this 25-year plan. They've got a massive aging population. Um, China does, and they've been they need healthcare, you know, technology advancements and research advancements and all that stuff. Um, military capabilities, uh, nuclear power, like for not for military but for power. Um, electronic vehicles, microchips. I mean, dude, it's like it runs the gamut. Okay. And they have been pretty good about uh, embedding agents, for lack of a better term, citizens, uh, into different areas of the world and businesses in order to steal that IP. So it looks like the UK is, is saying, hey, you know what? Uh, this has become such a serious threat. I mean, the horses, <laughs> I mean, with all due respect to the UK, I guess better late than never, but I feel like the, board, the barn door is open and like, you can just see like, like very small dot of the horse on the horizon. The horse is like left the barn and in the sunset. Okay. Cause they've been doing this for a while. Um, the U S kind of has a similar thing. It's not directly focused on state sponsored threats, uh, but it is, you know, the FBI combined with the CIA and the NSA and stuff like that. So just slightly different. I'm sure dude, UK and the United States are like, you know, uh, college roommates you know what i mean so they're definitely sharing intel they're definitely hooking each other up um and this is just a good you know what i'll say like i'm i'm, I'm pumped this could result in some more great intellectual uh um, information sharing not intellectual information sharing and analysis hopefully uh this will kind of drive the drive the development of that and maybe it's not just a, a repurposing of resources that they already have so let me know Living close to university at Buffalo, that was a huge deal. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, Charles, you're talking about something else. Failures bleed into crypto. The collapse of both Silvergate Capital and Silicon Valley Bank already saw significant impacts to the cryptocurrency industry. Now, another major player will make it harder to move cryptocurrency payments. Over the weekend, banking regulators seized Signature Bank. Like SVB, the federal government guaranteed all deposits for depositors of the bank. 
However, the seizure will make it much harder for commercial clients to continue making payments in cryptocurrency. Signature's Signet and the Silvergate Exchange Network represented core real-time payment platforms with instant settlement services. Federal guarantees of deposits did help rally Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency prices, but stablecoins seem to have fared the worst in this banking crisis, with the USDC stablecoin losing its peg to the US dollar down to 87 cents at one point over the weekend. All right. So this was the big story. Um, Silicon Valley Bank actually uh, collapsed in 48 hours last week. Signature Bank also went down. Now, Signature Bank was a, a bit more tied to... Um... I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Yep. So that take is aging like old milk, Charles. But um, Signature Bank went down. Um, another one went down. A, um, oh, my God. It was... It was another like uh, Silicon Bank, not Silicon Valley Bank. That one was uh, legit. There was another one that went down. I can't remember. Here, here's the deal, guys. Here, here's the deal. It's not all doom and gloom, okay? Th these banks were, I can't say for signature, but Silicon Valley Bank was doing what it was supposed to be doing, and it just got over leveraged. And unfortunately, when people come to take their money out of the bank, they have to give them their money. Okay. This was a legit banking institution. And when all the money is gone, you know, like on hand, they are forced to sell long-term assets. Right. So like, like, you know, if you own a home, you, you don't like, you don't flip your home, right. Easily. But if you had to pay for an emergency medical procedure for your child or something, and you like, let's say you had to do an emergency medical procedure and it's a hundred thousand dollars and you have $50,000 in your bank account, right? All you have is cash in your home. Well, you give them the 50 grand cash. And then they're like, well, it's another 50,000. It's a hundred thousand dollars, Jerry. And you're like, all right, like, I guess I'll sell my home right now. Maybe you don't want to sell your home right now because the market's suppressed or you'd have to pay closing costs and all this other crap, but it doesn't matter. You don't have a choice. You need to sell your home because they're asking for the money now and you need to do it. Okay. That's what happened here. They had these investments in long-term bonds, frankly, and the market's all jacked up right now. So the bonds are worth less than what they are in the open market right now. It's a popsicle headache. Just know that these banks this wasn't like a Ponzi scheme or investment scam or any other other crap. It's it's just a hot mess on fire, and this isn't even really a cybersecurity story. Um, and I do my best to stay geopolitically agnostic uh, on this program. But go back and look at rolling back Dodd Frank and what why. Go look at what Dodd Frank was put in place for, and then. Yeah. It could like it, yeah. Whatever, forget it. I, this is a cybersecurity show. So, anyways, don't sweat. Hope like banks have failed in the past. Banks will fail in the future. Hopefully, this does not have. Thank you, Silvergate, Shane. Hopefully, this does not have long-term impact. Uh, Justin Gold was reporting that the SEC had halted trading yesterday, um, which isn't good. But that's again not not brand new. This has happened before. Okay, so just chill out. Uh, we'll get through this. ChatGPT spreads real malware. A technical report from Guardio Labs researcher Nadi Tal highlighted a fake ChatGPT Chrome extension spreading malware. The extension can hijack Facebook business accounts by harvesting cookies. Then it creates rogue admin accounts to retain access. The operators use this to push Facebook paid ads that attempt to further hijack accounts. The extension saw 2,000 installs a day from March 3rd before Google pulled it on March 9th. Threat actors definitely see potential using the promise of early or exclusive access to ChatGPT as a lure. Last month, Cybel reported a social engineering campaign using ChatGPT access as a way to download info stealers. And researchers reported numerous malicious ChatGPT apps on the Google Play Store. All right. Emo Shall we play a game? That's right, people. Joshua's in the house. Okay, so guys, this story right here. This is one of those like threat actor design patterns where, you know, it's insert your favorite variable of the day. ChatGPT powers malware uh, surge. Okay, do you, if you are a regular of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, you may recall the story of Instagram uh, naked challenge filter removal 
lead surgeon malware. Okay, if you guys remember the Instagram, there was like for some stupid or TikTok challenge. Kids these days, roar. Like there was some ridiculous challenge where you're supposed to get naked and then dance in front of the camera and post it on social media and it would be blurred out. And then some enterprising threat actors put a, um, a um, filter remover app on GitHub where you could download it and remove the filter and see the naked person behind the, the, uh, the filter. Very cool, right? They even had like a demo of it, which was completely fraudulent. And when you download this uh, remover, it would basically be an info stealer. So rinse and repeat, guys. Hey, guess what? You want to add ChatGPT extension to your Chrome? Uh, you want to uh, take advantage? You want to catch the ChatGPT wave? Download this app right now. You're good to go. Boom. You basically infect yourself. The info stealer steals all your social media creds, your business creds, your bank creds, your session tokens, your MFA keys. I'm uh, not keys, your MFA session tokens. Heck, if you got SSH keys, let's throw that in there. And then they rob you and then they move on to the next victim. You've got to be mindful of what you're installing on your boxes of what Carl is installing on his boxes and that threat actors are going to ride the wave of whatever is popular right now. ChatGPT today, you know, uh, it, TikTok filter remover yesterday and who knows, like, you know, whatever, March Madness uh, in a couple weeks right here in the United States. March Madness is really popular. So, you know, summer break, whatever, like whatever it is, this is a design pattern of a threat actor behavior. You should recognize it by now. Be on the lookout, educate your end users, um, especially those who are less technically inclined who are like, oh my gosh, this chat GPT makes everything so easy. I'll just download all the chat GPTs and uh, it doesn't do anything except it's like literally just infostealer.exe and they rename it to chatgpt.exe, right? I'm being hyper, hyper simplistic about what I'm saying, but effectively that's what they're doing. All right, we are going to inject our own mid-roll right now. All right, I wanna thank all of you for being here today. If you're getting value from the program, educational value, entertainment value, happy pie day, then hit that like button. It goes a long way in letting me letting me know that you enjoy the content, but more importantly, Simply Cyber is all about inclusion, okay? When you hit the like button, if enough of you do it, YouTube will flag it and be like, oh, hey, there's a bunch of cybersecurity people who really like this live stream. I should go tell other people looking for cybersecurity content about this live stream. You see, where, see what's happening there? So do that and uh, pay it forward, everybody. Now, I wanna thank the sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, and XM Cyber. I told you I'd get back to them. Guys, let's talk about XM Cyber for a hot minute. All right. You can have all sorts of attack surface in your environment. Misconfigurations, vulnerabilities, mismanaged creds, other exposures across the hybrid network. And you can't see how they all come together like an attacker could, okay? So XM Cyber introduces kind of a new way, a novel way to address this hybrid cloud exposure. You're on-prem merged with your crowd, okay? Instead of looking at volumes of issues and silos like all right, this team's looking at the, uh, you know, configuration management. This team's looking at cloud. This team's looking at identity and access management. By the way, no team is looking at cloud. It's just wild, wild west up in there. You can use XM Cyber to combine all of them into like an attack graph and uncover hidden attack paths and security control gaps across the cloud and your on-prem networks, which is awesome. You can pinpoint and prioritize the issues and actually put your organization at risk uh, and cut off attack paths at key junctures, basically the high value um, areas, you, you can address those in a prioritized way, right? Laser focus remediation, reduce your attack surface. It's a win everywhere. Visit xmcyber.com, click the link in the description below. It's a bit.ly link or a tiny URL, I can't remember what I used. And you can demo their exposure management platform. Thank you, XM Cyber. Now, if you want to get the newsletter, and I'd recommend signing up, A, because um, every Monday, I send uh, three pieces of actionable intel. Jed Ray, if you're in chat, I hope you got it. Um, sign up. I do it every Monday. Also, another reason why you might want to sign up. Starting next Wednesday, so not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow, I'm going to start sending out another weekly email. And this one is going to be really, really targeted for each individual. It's going to be the threat intel 
for, per every critical infrastructure industry with like one piece of intel for each industry. So Kimberly, if you're working in hospitality, there's gonna be something there for you. Um, let's see, BSEC, you work in transportation, there's going to be a transportation one there. Finance, economics, healthcare, transportation, retail, energy. There's going to be one for every industry. So I guarantee you there will be something there for you. The only way to get it is to sign up for the newsletter. Now, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, want to holler at you for a second. Will Reed is holding the baton for Team Live. Will Reed, please tag someone. Whoever gets tagged by Will Reed, please go on to uh, LinkedIn and post about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Use the hashtag, share your story on LinkedIn. Everybody else, whoever gets, Eric Taylor, woo! Eric Taylor has been tagged. I assume he's going to do it. I will harangue him to do it. Eric Taylor goes on, posts on LinkedIn his story. All of us go connect with Eric Taylor, comment in the Eric Taylor post connect with everybody that posts on Eric Taylor's post. This is a spider web of us building our network, especially you hashtag passive observers. Don't be shy. You said you said hi in chat earlier. Take it to the next level and comment on this LinkedIn post every single day as part of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I guarantee you, you're going to grow the crap out of your um, out of your network and it's going to pay dividends. Even if you leave the Simply Cyber community, that network will be yours and you'll be able to take it with you. Now, um, I, I had a Tidbits Tuesday. Give me a second. I, I even made a special new graphic for it, guys. Where is it? Here it is. Tidbits Tuesday. Ready? Boom. What do you think of that? I know I, know I ran over on time. I, I don't have a quick go-to Tidbits in my head. I'm trying to think. What would be a good Tidbits? Um... Ah, geez, you know, I guess here's a fun tidbit because the graphic makes me think of it. I've never been bushcrafting, but I am fascinated with bushcrafting. I can watch bushcrafting videos for for days and I really, really want to do it. Like I want I want to go out in the woods. I want to build a shelter, like a really cool shelter, and I want to keep adding to it. And I just want to have like a pocket knife and like a bag of beef jerky and I want to go for it. I know I'm like tech, techno laden everything. I got like lights all over me. Um, and I really want that. So yeah. And what's my favorite video game a while back? I'll tell you what. I grew up hard on Tekken. Okay. I was like, I was competitive, like, like very competitive at Tekken. Uh, love that. Love, love it. And um, yeah, so that that's it. I mean, although I started on uh, 8-bit Nintendo, I'll tell you more about that during the jaw jacking. Let's get back into the news. Comes back from vacation. After a three month hiatus, researchers report the pernicious threat group resumed activity. It appears Emotet operators now aim to target high value corporate networks with malicious emails. The end result seems to be obtaining access that it can sell to ransomware groups. This marks a significant shift for the group, which started as a banking trojan and then operated recently as a massive botnet. Deep Instinct's threat research team reports it saw the group attaching malicious word files in its emails with macros that would eventually lead to executing its DLL. Emotet appears to get around traditional security scanning by making the initial attack file and payloads inflated to 500 megabytes. All right, a couple things. There's so much going on with the Simply Cyber Community daily cyber threat briefings. I, I forgot to mention Simply Cyber Community Challenge for Team Replay. Um, the team replay, if you're watching this on replay and you want to get in on this hot action of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, go to the Discord server, exclamation point Discord in chat, um, and go join the Simply Cyber Community Challenge channel. Base Case, our very own mod uh, and great individual, uh, Casey Gaska, aka Base Case, is currently been tagged by Lane, and um, he will be posting later today along with tagging whomever his uh, tag's going to be. Okay, thank you, base. Emotet strikes again. Emotet is no joke, guys. If you went to B-Sides Charleston and saw the keynote, it was fantastic. It, it was by the FBI. It was intentionally not recorded because of some of the sensitive information they disclosed. But it was well worth it if you get a chance to see it. Now, couple things really quickly. Emotet is a very robust initial infection um, malware. Uh, it's been around for years. It keeps coming back like... <laughs> Um, what's a good rash that comes back? It keeps coming back like, uh, I don't know. 
The clap? I mean, is that a thing? I feel like I've heard people say that, but I don't know. It it, it comes back like, um, I don't know, like a boomerang. How's that? Um, basically, it comes through an email. Now, one thing interesting that they said was that they're sending it with like 500 meg payloads. Now, here's really interesting thing. Herpes doesn't come back, Charles. I think once you have herpes, I mean, uh, chicken pox doesn't come back. Once you have chicken pox, I think you only get it once. Um, here's the thing. They're saying that they're pushing it at 500 meg attachment in order to get past email filters because some email filters will not look at a certain file past a certain size because it's too big to detonate in um sandbox. However, if you don't allow 500 megabyte uh, attachments through your email gateway, that's going to stop it as well. So I don't know how effective um, that would be. It's your classic um, malware kind of macro laden uh, malware, this document's protected. You need to enable content to do it. This is just a picture. It's not really going to enable anything except malware to detonate on your box. Um, you could see here, uh, changing the font color reveals hidden text, right? There's hidden text behind this thing. And now we're getting into uh, a hex editor, which is always all about good times. And I want to point this out. You guys won't be able to see it on stream. Well, here, I can zoom in this way, can I? Right, you could see right here, here's some payload type stuff, not good. And a bunch of zero bytes added at the end of the document, I guess, to beef it up a little bit. There's IOCs here. Um, chances are, I mean, you should add these anyways, but I mean, these are just, if you, hey, these are just fingerprint hashes. Um, these two right here, file, fingerprint hashes are the bottom of the pyramid of pain. Very easy to change if you, if you joined the uh, World of Haiku stream yesterday, I actually did show how to do hashes and how easy it is to change them. There's uh, Emotet IOCs over here. Um, what the heck? This thing just like points back to itself. This doesn't make any sense. Look at this. This is annoying to me. Okay, look. Look, it says full list of IOCs, visit our GitHub page. You go to the GitHub page and it says, Emotet IOCs, read the, oh, that's a blog post. Where are the IOCs? What am I missing something? DLLs? Ah, there we go. Now we're talking, that feels good. All right, again, these are just fingerprint hashes. Very, very easy. I haven't done this in a while. Um, so if you already seen this, good. And if you haven't, you should see this. This is the David Bianco Pyramid of Pain. This is a very, very famous uh, graphic in our industry. Uh, because it's a conceptual model um, for the effective use of threat intelligence. And you should know it. I think I covered this in my GRC class. Okay. The higher up the pyramid you go with IOCs, the more difficult it is for the threat actor to change it. Hash values, super easy to change. Add a space into a file, recompile it, new hash. IP addresses, now you're getting into their infrastructure. Domain names require registration. Now you're really frustrating them. Artifacts, ooh yeah, no, if they're if they're writing a bash script or a PowerShell script to your box and that's part of their workflows and you look for that PowerShell script and you, you stop it from detonating before it goes, that's annoying to them. And then tools and TTPs, that's the absolute worst. Bianco's Pyramid of Pain, definitely be familiar with that. You, you might even get... At, either asked about it in an interview, or if you bring it up in the interview, whoever you're talking to is going to know that you know what you're talking about. Love it, love it, love it. Estonia's elections targeted by cyber attack. The head of the national cybersecurity... Hold on. Everything's saying fast flux and DGA with TPPs, easy. Yeah, so domain generation algorithms, right? Um, that's what you're uh, referring to, everything. So that makes domain name easy. You know, they're not registering like capital one dash help.com they're registering like um like a random uh 64 carat uh 64 character string if you go look at the um the kill switch for mirror um for WannaCry, if you look at the kill switch for WannaCry, that's one of those domains that was just a hot a hot mess kind of thing center estonia informed the record that threat actors unsuccessfully targeted the country's parliamentary elections earlier this month this came as Estonia used its internet voting system for the first time in the election. Officials said attackers did not successfully enter its electoral system, specifying nothing out of the ordinary happened. 
Estonia said the cyber threat activities were consistent with what it's seen over the last year since Russia invaded Ukraine. Officials declined to give specifics on the attack. All right, Estonia officials... I, I was doing uh, mod stuff here. Estonia officials say parliamentary elections were targeted. Yeah, okay. The good news is, guys, you may not know this, but Estonia like was like all in on being the like the first like internet country uh, or connected country or whatever you want to call it like 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 a decade ago they were all in on it and now they're using an internet voting system uh it's no surprise that they were targeted uh by cyber attacks it sounds like it didn't work um which is great um you know estonia has been regularly targeted and the fact that they were able to hold an election and keep it from being compromised by cyber attacks is awesome. I could see some type of like misinformation, disinformation campaign going in uh, to say that the elections were compromised and that you shouldn't believe the results. It doesn't look like that's happening. Um, so, you know, Russia is targeting European states. It's here. Um, I haven't looked into this Moldova thing. Um, this is something I, I am tracking and wanting to know more about. Um, they're like, I've heard people say Moldova could be the next Ukraine. Again, that's all I've heard. I don't have any more information on this one way or the other. So, you know, do your own research. Don't, don't take what I just said as like an, a fact. Um, Estonia has faced massive waves of cyber attack over the past year, of course. Um, so anyways, Russia is a very capable nation state when it comes to cybersecurity and cyber operations. Estonia is all in on internet, which makes them a prime juicy target for cyber attacks. They held an election and it seems like they were able to execute the elections without compromise. So it is possible. Way to go, Estonia. This is a, um, a pretty interesting topic to, to follow um, more about cyber in the European theater. AI generated YouTube videos spread info Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Researchers at CloudSec warned that it observed a 200 to 300% increase month over month on the amount of YouTube videos with links to info stealing malware in the descriptions. In some instances, threat actors hijacked legitimate accounts to push malware laden videos. Researchers say threat actors increasingly use AI generated content to quickly push out new videos. While threat actors retain access to channels for only a few hours, they seem proficient at quickly publishing malicious content and using SEO poisoning techniques to quickly get them views. Generally, links promise free software downloads for things like Photoshop or AutoCAD, but instead install info stealers. Dude, I'm telling you, info stealers is where it's at uh, from a threat actor perspective. Now, um, John Hammond uh, posted this online. I saw uh, there's a really big YouTuber called Think Media. They got compromised like they fell for the scam because they're not security professionals. I've gotten emails from scammers. Um, it basically looks like a copyright strike from YouTube threatening to um, like you're going to lose your channel. Now, obviously, like I love Simply Cyber. If uh, I got a message from YouTube saying that they were going to close the channel, I would be upset. Obviously, maybe uh, not pay attention uh, and click through things. That's what's happening now. Way to go, threat actors. Again, a little bit of a hat tip. Um, some of you who are regular, like deeper regulars on Simply Cyber may remember, I actually played with AI uh, Synthesia.io um, or Synthesia.ai a while ago. I made a YouTube video using the content. Um, very, uh, it, was, it was just a proof of concept to show how it worked. But threat actors are now using it. Way to go. Um, not way to go, but like, I'm, you know, I'm not surprised. Listen, these things, you just feed it a script and this woman or whoever you want will read it. What the clever thing is, is that they're targeting something very juicy. Guys, um, who, like who in chat, like, like show of hands, okay? Who in chat at some point in their life, probably when they were young, didn't try to download a cracked version of a video game, a cracked version of a piece of software? I know I did, okay? Like, here's a cracked version of Ultima Online. Here's a cracked version of World of Warcraft. Here's a cracked version of Adobe Photoshop. This is targeting individuals who um, would um, basically execute some type of illegal activities. You know, it's like fringe, cop you know, software copyright uh, breaking. But 
If you download this and it doesn't work, who are you going to complain to? Nobody. You're not going to complain to anybody because you stole the software or you were trying to steal the software. So the threat actors are targeting those individuals who they know will have no recourse. Also, you're downloading information stealers. So you're helping the threat actors compromise yourself. That's like literally what's happening. You are opting in to a compromise, essentially. It's terrible. And the threat actors, yeah, they can spin up a new YouTube channel. They can do SEO uh, to get in front of people. But in reality, they're going to try to trick active um, accounts. You can see this account right here. 184,000 subscribers, check mark. This guy's account, this woman's account, whoever it was, obviously got popped by the threat actors who then instantly published a video uh, with a link. Now, here's the thing, guys. Say this individual gets their channel back and deletes this video. No big deal. The threat actors have already won. Their goal isn't to get a video published on the channel. Their goal is to spread their malware. They don't give a crap if this video gets taken down long as they get some victims during the time. And by the way, this video can be reposted very easily on some other compromised channel. They don't care if, oh, this content's been seen on another channel, copyright strike. They don't care. It's not their YouTube channel. It's, they're literally, this is kind of a supply chain attack, right? They're attacking active YouTubers to get their account so then they can push their malware to a wider audience. Again, I don't want to say hat tip, but every once in a while, you know, gotta gotta respect the threat actors game because they are constantly innovating and think of interesting ways to do this. CISA works to diversify cybersecurity. The U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency signed a memorandum of understanding to enter into a partnership with the nonprofit Women in Cybersecurity, or WISIS. This partnership will seek to raise awareness of job opportunities for women in the industry and create a pipeline for the next generation of women. This will include a new nine-month mentorship program with CISA. In 2022, the International Information System Security Certification Consortium estimated women made up roughly 25% of the global cybersecurity workforce. CISA Director Jen Easterly recently called for women and underrepresented minorities to make up half the workforce by 2030. If you're still wrapping your head around... All right, so check this out. Um, thoughts and prayers, CatGPT. I've... I've... I can empathize. I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave it at that. All right. So, CISA and Women in Cybersecurity Strengthening Partnership, guys. It was, you know, I, I'm not going to take a victory lap on this one, okay? But women in cybersecurity—they don't make up a majority of the population. I think they're like 28 percent. Um, women are, you know, crushing it as professionals. There's many females in the Simply Cyber community. I'm very happy to say. Um, I, I even posted co like ironic, like coincidentally on International Women's Day. I had no idea it was International Women's Day that I saw a statistic that 18% of the simply it, that 18% it, of the simply cyber community, as of the times you know window that I was looking at, um, were female. So I love that. Like guys, I feel like in our community, it's a much smaller percentage of females. Uh, who are engaging in this content, which I'm telling you guys, I push hard for inclusion, support, peace, love, and cyber. Like, like there's no, we don't have time for like prejudice. Like, what the hell are we doing? Like, it's so dumb to me. Like the whole prejudice thing. It's like, like, okay, so you're a female. Like, what? Okay, what? Can you do the job? Yes or no? Like, can you have? Can you? contribute and add value to the community and the network yes okay like let's go so i'm happy for wixis i personally have spoken at multiple wixis um um meetings so if you've if you found simply cyber through a wixis meeting that i was a guest speaker at welcome to the party uh i love this guys wixis is getting even more um recognition hooking up with sisa and an mou you know that this is going to um drive opportunity drive engagement and uh i love it so good on good on sissa good on jen easterly good on wixis for continuing to push the opportunities in the fold for professionals uh including women in the cybersecurity community now i also want to point out uh just really wild and um um kimberly uh please 
So this Wednesday, like, you know, I'm, I'm mentioning this because it's super, super relevant. Um, if you are a female in the cybersecurity community, Wicked Six Cyber Games event is the 2023 Glo Women's Global Cyber League. It's March 30th and 31st, basically the end of this week. Um, my guest on Simply Cyber Live this week, um, my guest on Simply Cyber Live this Thursday, so two days from today, I believe it was going to be Jess Gulick, but she's uh, something's come up and she can't. And I think she's going to, um, uh, Mary Galloway is going to be uh, my guest. I, we're trying to confirm her right now, which is why, Kimberly, I mentioned that. Um, check this out. If this is who we're going to get, you want to talk about uh, information security superstar. Love this. Uh, Award-winning cyber nonprofit exec, LinkedIn learning instructor, speaker, author, mentor, um, cyber ninja, Mary Galloway. I'm loving this. If she can come on and um, there she is right there. You might recognize her. If she can come on and be our guest this Thursday, we'll talk about the Wicked Six event and we'll talk about so much else. So if you're interested in participating, I also want to mention Haiku, the company I currently work for, actually has developed a custom cyber range for this event that will release um as soon as the event starts and it's all it's all badged and branded for wicked six so really exciting opportunities and really cool community type stuff again love it love it love it uh and that's gonna do it um taekwon gong asked if i was drinking coffee all day every day my friend drinking a big big cup of uh, french roast out of my oversized ridiculously large um air force cup because my sister-in-law was a, uh, what do they call it? Loadmaster at the local Air Force. All right. So if you were here just for the news, holler at you. Thanks for being here. Um, that'll do it for the news. Couple, I saw a base case catching up in time, Team Hybrid. Apologies to NCC Group and base case. We're two minutes over at 847. Uh, but we always do what we do. Guys, if you want to hang out, we're going to do some jaw jacking and chilling uh, for a few minutes. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time. It's 8 a.m. Eastern all week this week. Tomorrow will be Worldwide Wednesday. Uh, come join us. We have raffles tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to be raffling off um, a GRC Analyst Masterclass as well as a Stuart Wedge Policy Course as well as doing Worldwide Wednesday. And then as soon as that show ends... We're going to be dropping a brand new Simply Cyber video, premiering it live in chat. I'm wicked pumped about this one. What does a cybersecurity analyst actually do and how can you land your first job? It's kind of a banger episode. I'm excited. I love this new thumbnail style with um, the kind of the AI generated head of my head. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Um, Oh, thanks, Jess Bishop. Love it, love it, love it. What's up, Eric Taylor? Semper Fi. Can't wait for you uh, for your LinkedIn Simply Cyber Community Challenge post. All right. Thanks, Alicia Jerry. Be good. We'll see you out there. Yes, yes. All right. So let's let's chat. Let's chat, y'all. Do 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 do. Yeah, Eric Taylor's tag for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. So, Eric Taylor, are you willing to take on the challenge? I hope so. Also, I DM'd you, Eric, on Discord. All right, Duke Norris, we'll see you over there. All right, Eric, just post on LinkedIn your story, brother. Oh, Sean Washington asking about Tekken 8. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I bought, like, Tekken 7 and didn't play it. Like, so, um, not that I'm like, I'm too old for, um, video games. I'm not, and I'll play video games with my kids, but my kids like Fortnite and like, I have very little time to play video games. Um, so I play Fortnite. I, I love video games. I just, um, <laughs> I know it seems like I'm chilling out up here, uh, but I, I'm incredibly busy. Um, and I just unfortunately don't have time for video games. Legend of Zelda? Oh, yeah. Guys, I'm 43. Like, I got my Nintendo Entertainment System on my 8th birthday. Very memorable birthday. Yeah. 
Hey, maybe we could do a, a Xbox. I don't know, or I don't know if how Tekken is if it's like cross-platform, but we we could do a, a Tekken tournament. That would be kind of fun. I love Zelda, but it's too long. I didn't have, I didn't have time. I didn't have time to like grind through it like that. Damn, Cat GPT taking on regional tournaments. I hope I don't draw him in the tournament. Good God, who do you play with, Cat GPT? Working hard, learning pen testing. I don't have time to play video games. Yeah, pen testing's good. Thanks for the video. Have a great day. Take it easy, Peter Lee. A link to the past. Nice, Josh Mason. Got the NES for Christmas at age seven. Yes, Marcus Seiler. Oh, man. Like, so good. Like, who doesn't remember? And younger people, like Gen Z, you probably don't know this, but, like, you used to have to blow in the cartridge. Like, there used to be physical media <laughs> that you had to insert into the system. You didn't just download it. You'd just be like, <sighs> right? Blow it. NBA Jam. Nice. Nice, Kimberly. I love it. Oh, yeah, Atari 2600. I had that. Atari 5600. Oh, you guys, we're taking it back. You used to have to, like, plug it into your television. Like, not through HDMI. David Gordon playing, like, uh, high stakes. <laughs> high stakes Goldeneye. I will tell you, Goldeneye was, like, really popular in college for me. But uh, I never was really good at those um, first-person shooter games. So... I played Tekken more. Look at look at this. Look at this relic. Look at this. This is taking it back, guys. Wow. Dude, look at the controller. Controller had like one button and a, and a joystick. Do you remember like the paddle? The paddle? Like the, the, you, like, there was a paddle that you could turn for like uh, Pong. Look at these graphics, guys. This was like the hotness. This was, this was like, Next gen video game right here. My favorite. What was your favorite Atari game? I'll, I'll tell you mine. River Raid. I loved me some River Raid. Played a lot of this. Do 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 do. Oh god. Oh yeah. Look at this. So hot. Oh, Pitfall was a good one, Robert. Simply Cyber Doom themed. I don't know. My son asked me how long I was allowed to play my tablet when I was his age. <laughs> Jess. That's so funny. Tablet? Tablet? We didn't have tablets. Holy crap. Tekken on a 150 foot screen. That's sick. Love it. Jungle Hunt. Pitfall. Pitfall was really good. I think I did beat I think I did beat Pitfall, honestly. I really feel like Pitfall may have been the first game I ever beat. The sound was so, like, iconic, too. Bloop, bloop. Like, if you've ever heard the Pitfall song, I mean, not song, the sound of jumping in Pitfall, it's, like, very identifiable. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's regional. I called it a paddle. Uh, Elsie, it's exclamation point Discord here. Double Dragon is classic. I loved that. I did not have E.T. I feel like I played it. I feel like I played E.T., but it's terrible. So Mario Kart. Yeah, the Pitfall. Whoa. Yeah. Double Dragon's classic. I'm trying to think of like my favorite... You know, like a really under under appreciated um, Legend of Cage was pretty underappreciated. I feel like, like you could jump, like you could jump so freaking high in this game. This one was good. Oh, here's another one. This one's almost like um, I did beat this once. This one's almost like a. Um, Like almost of myth. Rygar? You couldn't save in this game. Rygar was incredibly hard. Like you couldn't save. It's it, uh, oh. And like you had to like 
continuously like level up your guy. It was kind of like an ad adventure platformer. Rygar was pretty dope. Um, another game that I invested way too much time into and loved the soundtrack to, Master Blaster. Wait, hold on. Not Master Blaster from... Um... Yeah, look at this one. You guys remember this one? Oh my god, so much, so much nostalgia. That one, dude, probably one of the best Nintendo... Oh, oh, oh hold on. Arguably one of the best, um, my favorite, okay? Legend of Zelda was, like, very popular, but my favorite type game like that was Kid Icarus. I don't know if you guys ever remember Kid Icarus. Metroid was really good, too, but Kid Icarus was, like, so good. Do you guys remember Kid Icarus? Millen's Secret Castle? I don't know that one. Castle Wolfenstein? Oh, okay, so we're getting back in there. Mega Man? Dude, Mega Man had a... Um, they, they made so many Mega Mans. How many Mega Mans did they make? How many Mega Mans did they make? I feel like they had, like, Mega Man 15. Oh, um... Is there an answer to this? Over 130 titles in Mega Man series. Jeez, wow. Metroid, Castlevania. Metroid was good. I, I Castlevania was good, but... There were so many firsts, too, guys. Like, Metroid, you could, like, roll into the ball. Oh, speaking of women in cybersecurity, the big reveal at the end of Metroid. Spoiler alert, but, I mean, you've had 40 years to play it. Um, Sora, Sauron? uh was a female lead. I think she might have been the first female uh, lead character you can see. It wasn't revealed. Samus Aron, it wasn't revealed until she took her helmet off after you beat the, the main brain. So, um, you know, women being represented. That was kind of fun. Samus, yeah. Oh, Rad Racer. So good. So good. I remember I competed in the Nintendo World Championships. I don't know. This might be a... This is like Tidbits Tuesday. I don't know if you guys remember this. It was like a special... You had to, I had to go to like Worcester. <laughs> I had to go to Worcester to play. But it was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I was, I was 10. Um, you had to like play Super Mario Brothers. And when you got your 50th coin, it would immediately turn into Rad Racer. And then as soon as you... You'd play the first level of Rad Racer. And as soon as you crossed the line, Tetris would start... And that's where you would get your money. You can see here in the corner that, like, they would add up the scores of all the things. But, like, really, you were trying to get to Tetris because that's where the points were. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't make it very far in the tournament, but I did compete, which was really cool. All right, looks like we're at time. Let's see if I got a 9 o'clock appointment like I always do. I do not because it's Tuesday and I'm in the middle of teaching still. Kind of like the Fred Savage movie, David Gordon, except um, there was no Super Mario Brothers 3 at the end. Oh, Gogol 13. That was kind of a hidden gem. Twisted Metal. See, I never played, like, PlayStation 1 came out when I was, like, transitioning. Kind of like, I was, like, 15, 16. I think maybe I played Tekken on that. Liberty University BS Cyber, hoping I can learn a few things here. Jai, absolutely. Well, guys, oh, elevator action. That's probably one of my favorite. I'll tell you what, anytime I spin up a, uh, a new MAME cabinet, elevator action is the game I use to test it. <laughs> That's the one I launched, that and Moon Patrol. Elevator action's a good one. All right, guys. Um, thanks for the trip down memory lane. It was really, really fun. I enjoyed it. I'm going to get on back to work right now. I hope you guys all had a wonderful day. Thank you so much for spending uh, an hour of your Tuesday morning with Simply Cyber Community. Uh, congratulations, Eric Taylor. 
And whoever base case is going to tag in chat, you guys hold the baton for that. More details on the Simply Cyber Con coming in November. We're planning something really big for you guys. Genuinely appreciate all of you. Be good. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. See ya! Yeah. <laughs>